Hello, and welcome to VCB Talk. I'm your host, Nicole Knight. In this episode, we're exploring the health needs of animals that serve and how vets can make a difference. First, though, some numbers. There are a half million service animals in the United States, according to Share America, and 16,766 assistance dogs in North America that are certified by Assistance Dogs International. These animals aid in so many ways, assisting individuals with mobility issues, diabetes, seizures, psychiatric conditions, autism, and so, so much more. Science tells us the presence of animals makes people happier and makes them healthier. The human-animal bond, well, it can lower or blood pressure and anxiety, and enhance feelings of well-being per the Human Animal Bond Research Institute. These four-legged helpers deserve proper veterinary care during and after their years of service, but the cost of that care can be unaffordable for some human caregivers. Today, we're talking with Nick Brockhoff about closing the care gap with service animal care plans. We call them care plans because the plans can encompass much, much more than preventative care. Nick is a volunteer firefighter and software manager at Cavetris. He'll tell us about the types of service animals that might benefit from these plans and how the plans enable local clinics to do good in their community while fostering stronger bonds with pet parents. You may not know this, but one of Cavetris's core values is to do good. We talk about how VCP, a Cavetris solution, and Cavetris as a whole stand behind that core value with a new initiative for service animals. This initiative empowers vets to help more service animals live healthier lives. So if you care about animals, this entire episode is worth a listen. Let's dive right in. Hi, Nick. Welcome to VCP Talk. For starters, can you tell us a bit about yourself? I understand you are a volunteer firefighter in Maine, and I've heard there's an origin story regarding your interest in supporting service animals in that community. Do I have that right? Yes, I've been a volunteer firefighter for the town of Kanduskeg since 2017. And throughout these years, there's a few times that I've had the opportunity to work with the fire investigators office here in the state of Maine. When they have actually come to our town during a few of our fires, they have brought along their yellow lab, Harry. And now Harry's a service canine that support the investigation by smelling for accelerant so that they can help identify the root cause of some fires. That's super interesting. Harry sounds like he is a real champ. And I'm just thinking, why don't we backtrack and start by defining terms for those who might not be familiar with accelerant dogs like Harry or service animals in general? Can you give us a brief overview? Yeah, our understanding is that there's two categories of service canines, assistant dogs, which are defined by the Americans with the Disabilities Act as any dog that is individually trained to perform tasks to benefit an individual. And those other service animals that work with first responders, the ATF, the military occupational specialty, or 31K. And though I'm not an expert in any of these areas, we've actually had an opportunity to 
to work with folks here at Covetris who actually have experience in these areas for service canines and assistant dogs. What we found is a lot of service canines have a lot of financial support for those that are financially supported by like the federal government. And what we felt is that we could have the greatest impact initially with those canines who are assistant canines. So these are the canines that aren't necessarily funded by the federal government that support an individual with a disability. So when we look at what an assistant dog is categorized by, the ADA has about nine different categorizations for service canines or assistant dogs. These include such as guide dogs, mobility assistant dogs, diabetic alert dogs, autism support dogs, and psychiatric service dogs, just to name a few. Wow, that is so fascinating. I had no idea there was such a wide range of service animals. As we talk about this, you mentioned something about federal support. In your experience, what was the need you saw in terms of veterinary care for accelerant canines, other service animals supporting first responders? To be clear, my understanding is service canines that are supported by the ETF have well-established care and continued training. However, not all service canines supporting first responders have the funding for the care they need. Uh, and some of these groups actually include, but not necessarily limited to local governments, uh, such as law enforcement, canines, volunteer search and rescue. So I know here in Maine, we actually have a volunteer search and rescue group that has canines and even equine. And as service animals join and then retire, what was the, the care that these canines that work with first responders get and receive after they retire? So I know back uh, where actually I grew up uh, in a small town in Wisconsin, uh, they're actually in the process of retiring their canine. And I did reach out to the department and, and you know, ask you know, what occurs or what care do they have after they've served their community? And one of the things that surprised by is that you know, they, they do have the opportunity to adopt the canine, whether that's the public or handler. However, the, the funding for the care of that dog is then up to, at times, the handler or the family that, that adopted the canine. So there I thought, well, is there an opportunity to have Covetris get involved in a way that supports these service animals through wellness plans after they have retired? That's so interesting. So these canines, as they retire from service, they get adopted, but there's still the ongoing cost of preventative care, which can get more expensive as an animal ages. But since now, you know, BCP's care plans through Covetris, there's sort of that natural linkage to how to connect the service animal to regular care and then fit and then find a way to then pay for the care. Yeah, you, you're spot on. And so last year when VCP was brought into the Covetris family, uh, I dug into a little bit of, of trying to understand, well, what is VCP and what do they provide? Knowing that, you know, having the opportunity to work with Harry and understanding that the quality of care, even after their service should continue, is there something here that VCP has done in the past we could build upon? Or is there something that we could potentially create and grow? So when looking at what VCP had been supporting with individual clinics 
and understanding that they do actually offer discount plans for service animals. And the software actually had this capability, you know, having the chance to talk to the folks from VCP, uh, we thought, hey, there, there's a good chance that we could get something and grow and get something off the ground. Right, exactly. Folks may not be familiar with VCP software, but the platform offers the really robust capability to create customized care plans and care meaning preventive care, chronic illness care, dental treatment, dental care, and so much more. So the service animal care plans could be something that a veterinary practice offers through their VCP system, and then they can then tailor it even further to the needs of that specific service animal. Absolutely. And one of the things that we looked at is, you know, how do we as co-veterans prove our corporate social responsibility, whether that's through any type of, of philanthropic aspect. And so we looked at, you know, the benefit of, of these VCP care plans uh, was to hopefully help, you know, eliminate or not necessarily eliminate, but uh, provide a support and reduce that financial lift for the continued care of these first responder animals that are now retired. Two core covetous values are to be passionate and to do good. And it sounds like these, this care plan program for service animals, you know, it truly embodies these values. Yes, absolutely. People in general have altruistic tendencies, and I could not find a better example of this than the folks who have helped see this come to fruition over the last several months. These several employee-led organizations through our inclusion and diversity community here at Covetris include the Military Veterans Group, the Covetrians for the Advancement of People with Abilities Beyond Limitations and Expectations, or also known as the Capable Group. And this is kind of where we, we saw the evolution of focusing on canines that are supported by at the federal and governmental levels to where it is today you know, more focused on the service assistant canines that are protected under ADA. It sounds like it's been such a fascinating journey. So what is the next step for this plan pilot? A great question. Having the opportunity to work with these groups here at Covetris, what we found is that we as Covetris could have a bigger impact if we focus our efforts on the canines that are protected under ADA. What we discovered going through our research and working with these groups is that the average cost, according to the National Service of Animal Registry, to train an assistant dog is about seventeen dollars to $40,000. And that's just to train them. Uh, wow. And so what we thought was, how do we help alleviate some of that financial uh, lift for these service canines and their handlers? And we thought we could do that best with providing discount plans and or fully funded plans. And, and those fully funded plans are in response to help supporting that veterinarian clinic through the community itself. And so by doing that and focusing on those particular groups of canines, we feel that you know, we could potentially grow this to encompass other service canines. You know, so folks that have a canines that are volunteer search and rescue canines or even other animals, such as equine. 
Good, good stuff. So I just so I have this clear and our listeners are clear on it as well. Right now, right now, the, the care program is going to target ADA protected canines, but it could grow to eventually encompass other types of service animals. Do I have that right? Yeah. So what we wanted to do is look at how do we continue to enable veterinarians to help their local community, whether that's with first responders, you know, continue the services with service animals protected under ADA through these specialized wellness plans. What we've talked about throughout this process is that there are other animals that help provide services for folks protected under ADA, such as equine. And what we'd like to do is, is continue that and continue our kind of our growth in our social responsibility in those communities with that partnership that we have with the veterinarians. And so our hope is that this initiative continues to demonstrate our commitment to animal health in the community, our involvement with the vet clinic's ability to connect and cultivate strong relationships with their community that they represent and serve, and then also empower to give back to these service animals in the community that they belong to. Now, whether that's through the canines that are a part of their first responders or those canines that are also providing a service to those folks that are protected under ADA. Just thinking out loud here, Nick, I imagine this type of program might not generate significant new revenue for a practice, yet an element of the social responsibility uh, aspect of the program really could appeal to pet parents. It might foster greater loyalty among clients who love that their vet is participating in this type of program, all while extending much needed care to more pets. So if our listeners want to find out more about this for their veterinary clinic, can you point them in the right direction? Sure. We've established an email address at this time, and it's serviceanimals at vcp.vet. Great. I will add that information to our show notes so folks can see it there as well. Nick, this has been informative, fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for coming on BCP Talk. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to seeing how this program evolves. Today's discussion with Nick Brockhoff opened our eyes to the challenges and opportunities when it comes to caring for assistance animals. Here are three key takeaways from our conversation. Number one, assistance canines lack the federal financial support that other service type animals may experience. These dogs can cost $17,000 to $40,000 to train, according to the National Service Animal Registry. Service canines typically serve five to seven years, and then they're usually adopted by loving families. We know that aging brings with it a set of health challenges. So these families may need help affording veterinary care during a service animal's golden years. Number two, service animal care plans can help bridge the affordability gap. Up to now, VCP has been supporting individual clinics that offer discounted plans for service animals. The VCP software versatility allowed practices to create and manage customized 
service animal specific plants. However, now that is growing into a formal service animal wellness initiative. It will be open to practices using VCP software in the future. And finally, number three, service animal care plans make sense for your practice for so many reasons. There's the element of social responsibility and, of course, you're extending care to these deserving animals. Granted, the plans might not generate significant new revenue for a practice, and yet the element of social responsibility would certainly appeal to pet parents. It might foster greater loyalty among clients who love the program and who might want to contribute all while extending much needed care to more animals. And that wraps up this episode of VCB Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, or review us on iTunes, podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can also follow VCP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and learn more about our proprietary business of wellness on our website at vcp.vet. Or feel free to call us with questions. The number is 888-9MYVCP1. That's 888 969 8271.